What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. My name's Tracy. Leslie and I host this show so that you can have a regular reminder to say yes to spirit. And if I'm completely honest, I would admit that we also host this show, and maybe we primarily host this show, so that each one of us gets a reminder that we've made a commitment to say yes to spirit, and it gives us a chance to check in a little bit with one another and with ourselves to ask that question. Uh, so if you said yes to spirit, how is that showing up in your life? If you said yes to spirit, how is that helping you live your life? If you said yes to spirit, really, would you be doing what you're doing? Would you be saying what you said yesterday? So say yes to spirit is all about giving you an opportunity to check in with yourself on all kinds of ways that spirit can show up, contribute, guide, and direct your life. Every week we have a theme, and sometimes the themes are pretty obviously spiritual, and sometimes they're not. And I would put today's theme in that category of sometimes they're not so obviously spiritual, because our theme today is birthdays. And... Um, who knows where we will go with birthdays as our theme today. Um, it's a kind of unusual uh, theme for us, and I don't even remember how it got on the list, maybe because our most recent theme was growth, and the way that we mark our growth often is by um, looking at uh, our birthdays or our age. But um, that might be almost a connect You're the dots. I don't the want to the dot. in on Leslie's thunder <laughs> on connect the yeah. So our most recent theme was growth. We always connect the dots. And so, Leslie, what do you have for us? I'll just repeat what you said. Man, I just feel so sad. I didn't get to say it. It's so obvious, right? Our birthday celebrating a passing of a year and the growth or lack thereof during that year, I guess, is the obvious one. It's interesting um, being uh, in sort of a metaphysical community celebrating birthdays, people will try to say different things in terms of uh, instead of just happy birthday, you know, happy year that you were incarnated or happy year that, you know, another human year gone and, you know, spiritual experience, what are you going to do with the next spiritual spiritual year? And so the language, I think, is always so funny in some ways in different um, communities and different religions in terms of how we phrase things. But, you know, the idea of making it a marker and it becomes a marker of growth, um, kind of like when we were talking about growth, you know, measuring how how much we were physically growing over the course of childhood. Um, birthdays can be a, an opportunity to reflect on emotional growth. So there you go. I just drew out what you said in a sentence into, you know, 17 sentences. So I feel good about it, though. Thanks for letting me share. <laughs> Well, it's actually, I think you are bringing it back to mind that when you were in the show on growth, when you were using the example of families that go to the door, you know, or place on a wall and they mark the height of the child, you know, right. at, their, at each birthday. I think that's exactly how the decision was made that, oh, okay, next time we'll talk about birthdays. So <laughs> there you go. Now it's all coming back to you. 
uh, great connect the dots, and we're going to take a one-minute break. Go grab some water, a cup of coffee, and uh, come back and join us on Say Yes to Spirit. Every week we have a theme, and this week our theme is birthdays. What does it mean to have a birthday? How do you celebrate your birthday? What other birthdays do you celebrate? And is there any? Does that any of that have anything to do with spiritual principle or spiritual practice? So um, let's just jump in with what's your what's like celebrating birthdays growing up. What was that like? <laughs> growing up. Let's think if I can even remember growing up and birthdays. You know, you know, I I always had birthday parties. I, I can remember, um, you know, one particular birthday we went to the Dallas Zoo when I was I don't know probably in elementary school or something, and I I can remember. It was such a strange, even as a child, I was always kind of hyperly sensitive to what was going on around me. And so I was always sort of more focused on the other kids at my birthday party than I was me, in a strange way. Uh-huh. And um, not really focused on, you know, what what I was I don't remember feeling excited or, you know, like, oh, it's my day. It almost seemed like, oh, it's going to be this day around all these people and I've got to try to make sure that they have fun. Isn't that sort of strange as a small child? I think that's strange. Yeah, it's strange, but you're strange and life is strange. And <laughs> Thank you, Tracy. Hello. Yeah. Well, there you go. Did you, did you have birthday parties? Was that a part of your... Um, birthday ritual growing up? Were there parties with other kids, or was it more of a family event? Neither, um, as I recall. <laughs> Did you have birthdays, Tracy? Did you? <laughs> I had a birthday every year. Yes, I did. But I do not remember even one time having a birthday party related to my birthday. I, you know, I remember going to birthday parties, but not going, not having one to celebrate my birthday. I don't, I can remember receiving a gift on my birthday two or three times. Um, and the ones that I remember were gifts from my brother when he was in the Marines. And, you know, he would mail me or send me something. So it was a really big thing. 
you know, to get something in the mail when you're in grade school and, you know, primary school, primary grades. And so I can remember that, but I was just trying to think when I was in high school, you know, when you're when I was older, you know, I remember kids at school who knew it was my birthday saying happy birthday, but no, I can't remember ever. Birthdays weren't really celebrated in my house, and so... Did you have a cake? My, Did your family... Oh, Did your no. family celebrate it with a cake or? No, no. And, and you just I, no, ago not call me strange. None of that singing "Happy ago? Birthday" or any of that. I think I got birthday cards sometimes, but again, I think that was more like when I was older and my sisters and brothers and cousins were older, and they were doing it kind of on their own versus a family. You know, a family thing, and I don't remember having, you know, like that whole struggle. You remember having to blow out the candles, right? Or you would think you would, but I, I don't remember having birthday cakes and ice cream and all of that. So that's interesting. I should, I not I should, but I will ask my sisters and those of you who've listened to us for a while know that sometimes things come up, and I go. Huh, I need to ask my older sisters about that because I don't have any memory of that. And they may say, oh, we hated your birthday because our parents always made such a big deal out of it. And, like, I have no memory of it at all. So we'll see. But, no, I don't remember ever having a birthday party with family or with, you know, the kids at school or the kids in my dance class or any of that. Do you remember your parents having birthdays or your sisters? Did I remember. I re. It was a. It was a big deal. Um, I remember the painful experiences of shopping for my mother's birthday. From so you do remember day and my birthday. mother's birthday. Um, so yeah, there was an expectation that the kids would do something for her birthday and uh, and definitely for Mother's Day. Um, But we didn't do, like, birthday. There was always a gift. You had to get the gift. So we probably, I don't know. I don't know what we did because we didn't have parties. We didn't have birthday parties, and I don't remember cake and ice cream, you know, as a regular thing. So it's really, really interesting to think back. And what I realize is that it made me decide when I was in my 20s, I actually made a conscious decision that birthdays were really special. And my logic behind that was it wasn't because I felt I had never been recognized as a kid as as much. I'm sure that was part of it. But for me what happened was, you know, I stopped celebrating Christmas when I was 20 or 21. And part of that was, you know, when I wrote my big manifesto. Yeah, I was going to say, you remember moments ago you called me strange? Well, go ahead. I'm with you. I'm with you, Tracy. When I wrote my big manifesto about why I was not celebrating Christmas anymore. Yes, and you stuck One of the things that I said was that I would celebrate birthdays, that I would honor each person on his or her birthday, or that I felt that that was important because that was their day. And part of this buying gifts for other people, on, and it's supposed to be Jesus's birthday, well, why are you buying less than a gift, right? Why are you buying all the people you work with a gift? And so it's like, if I'm going to buy you a gift, I'm going to buy you a gift on your special day, your birthday. And at, and that began began a transition for me of really seeing birthdays as a way to really honor the unique person mm-hmm. each you know you are and right. you know each person is. 
But it didn't come from a sense of I missed out as a kid. You're sure about that? Uh-huh. Actually, <laughs> I, I remember when I was making yeah, the decision. Yeah, there you go. Because I didn't feel a lot of pain around that. You know, I felt pain around when I was in grade school. Um, you know, I was part of the first group of kids that was bused mm. to what had been an all-white school. And, you know, a lot of the kids would have birthday parties, like, on the weekend or, you know, right after school. They might, you know, their parents might invite kids over and they'd have cake and ice cream or whatever they did. I don't know because I was never invited. Um, but, no, you'd hear about it, right? The kids would come in back to school the next day or on Monday. And I and a lot of the white families would not invite any of the black kids. Mm. And what's interesting when I think back now is there was only one time that I can remember that my feelings were really hurt, that, you know, this one girl who was in my class and, you know, I thought we were friends, even though we didn't, you know, we didn't do anything socially. I lived on the other side of town. Um, But when she had her birthday party and she invited all the girls in the class except the three black girls. Wow. And I'm sure it wasn't her. I'm sure it was wow. her parents. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. But even that didn't didn't make me feel like I was missing out for me on my birthday. That was more just, you know, any kid being sure. left out. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, and the one birthday party I remember going to in that in that age range in that class with that with those kids, um, was an ice skating party, a party at a public ice skating rink ah. versus having it at this, at her home. So the white kid? Yes. <laughs> yes. Are you suggesting black people wouldn't go to an ice skating rink? Do I? Do no, I? No, no, that I'm, obvious, saying, uh... I'm saying yes, the stereotypes apply in this particular <laughs> example. But I was so, you yeah. know, pleased to be invited, yeah. and so yeah. I went. I bet you could you and, ice skate. Oh, no. Oh, I can't ice skate. Oh, no. And the whole time I was like, why are they having a, a, a birthday party in this cold place and <laughs> outdoors and ice skating? And, you know, after that I really didn't care if I ever got invited <laughs> to another birthday party. <laughs> Fantastic. And I think I was like sixth grade or something mm-hmm. like that, fifth or sixth grade, probably sixth grade at that point. It's like, okay, you all can do whatever you want on your birthday. I, I don't care. Um, but yeah, so no, we didn't. I didn't have birthday parties growing up. We, I didn't have family celebrations that now, I remember. Now let me get this right, though. But your mother had birthday celebrations, so there was. Acknowledgement of, of your mom and your dad's birthday, just not the girl that you remember. I think we should maybe even call your sister on live <laughs> on the show. Uh, and I think that's that that is an interesting ponder. If that is how what happened, well, but here's what I honored think. their birthday. No, here's not. what I think. I think that so by the time I was growing up, you have to remember my oldest bro, my brothers and my oldest sister or 10 to 13 years older than me. So they just So by up. the time I was, you know, six or seven or eight, they were teenagers and college students and in the Marines. So what I think happened is that the reason I can remember that we had to go shopping to buy something for my mother for Mother's Day, and she was a large woman, and she was overweight, and so shopping for big clothes, that kind of stuff, that's mm. why I remember it was just, like, horrible. And <laughs> Poor mama. And, you know, finding something that both looked good right. that we thought she would wear because she was not really fashion conscious at all. And so it was hard, and she didn't you know, wear Couldn't perfume. you buy her a candle or something? No. Not back then, not 50 years ago. Yeah, true that. And, um, yeah, nothing for the home and nothing. Anyway, it was torture. And, um, but what I believe was going on was that, you know, if I was 
eight or nine. My sister was 18 or 19. And so I think it was more my sister and my older brothers saying we should do it versus my mother having an expectation. Mm-hmm. And when they were small, they had birthday parties. You remember that? I wasn't born yet. I saw pictures. But you knew that. Well, I didn't really know it then. Do you know what but I mean? But now you... But you when I got pictures. older and I saw pictures of them when they were little and some of them were birthday parties and some of them were... You know, so I think they grew up where the family celebrated birthdays. By the time I came along, that wasn't happening That's anymore. sort of breaks my little heart there, Trace. Really? Does that make you a little sad for little Tracy? Not really, because little Tracy, Tracy didn't know... Well, little any. Tracy knew all the other little girls had birthday parties. No, I mean, you had really. to at the time. No, not really. Little Tracy, we didn't have internet and we didn't have. But you knew you didn't. You knew you got invited to the ice skating thing and you didn't get invited to the other girls' thing. So you knew there were things. Yeah, but. I mean, feel my, sorry for little Tracy. Okay, you can love feel on sorry little Tracy. for little Tracy. Little but Tracy. Tracy didn't feel sorry for little Tracy. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. There you go. And. There you go. You know, as growing up, I mean, I really remember thinking. Those silly white people. Why are they celebrating birthdays? No, no, no. Just the idea that, I mean, people at my church celebrated birthdays. Mm -hmm. You did big events for the pastor's birthday. But it wasn't something that was present in my family. And you know how it is when you're growing up. Different people do different things, but you know what your family does. Right, so it's normal to you. Right. So it was like, okay, what? Whatever. I mean, it wasn't, I didn't have a longing mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would venture to say that I probably would not have liked the spotlight, mm-hmm. being in the spotlight, mm-hmm. then any, you know, more than I like it now, although now I'm more used to it. And because of choices I've made when I'm in the spotlight, it's, it's okay because I'm doing something I want to do. But my guess is with the kind of kid I was, I probably didn't, would not have wanted to be in the spotlight anyway. Yeah, I think that was part of my anxiety. Going and you, yeah, you, you shifted into being the hostess, which yeah. is hilarious. Thank you, Trace. I mean, as a little kid. Just, yeah, just being worried about other people having fun. Yeah, it's like, the hostess, yeah. yeah, it's like, really? <laughs> oh. So... But so in your in the connected dots, you know, birthdays mark the passing, well, passing of the year and growth. But really, you know, a lot of us pass year to year, and we don't necessarily grow. We might physically grow in height, <laughs> but we're we're not necessarily growing. We're growing. We just might not be growing in a, in a linearly forward way. Is that a word? It is now. It is now. We're growing. We're We're moving. We're moving. We're moving. We're experiencing life. Mm -hmm. We're having the experience of life, but we could be in that loop. We could be doing basically the same things that we've been doing for the last 10 years, Mm -hmm. which is living, but not necessarily growing in the way that I think of growth. You know, it's interesting working in the jail. Women will celebrate birthdays in the jail, and um, it is fascinating to see how they can make birthday cakes out of uh, various um, things that they can buy on commissary and things they can kind of steal away on their trays that they get. They can really, they're an amazing group of people to be able to make different things, and they make literal birthday cakes for the other women. It's a big thing for the women when somebody's having a birthday in the jail. And um, they'll make a card, and you know we'll sing when we have morning meetings. And um, and what's fascinating is to hear how many women talk, because usually they'll say something after we sing Happy Birthday, and say, you know, this is my third birthday that I've spent in jail, or you know, this is, you know, and it 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 brings back to them, and it's usually a very cheerful kind of time for them to understand kind of what you're saying, that they see another year has passed, but it's sort of looped. It's not really anything different than, you know, the last few years or three years out of the last ten years they've been incarcerated for their birthday. So it's this overwhelming sense of 
here again, here I am again, here I am again. And, you know, how to get, <clears throat> how to jump out of that loop becomes kind of the big pressing thing. How do I not be here next year? What am I going to do different to not be here next year? So it can be kind of humbling to, to watch that. And, of course, I'm not incarcerated, but I can certainly be in that loop, right? You know, mine's right. so I may obvious. not be in a can, building called jail, I can, but I might be living I can my hide life. My loop. I can hide my loop. A little bit better, a little bit easier, mm-hmm. not necessarily mm-hmm. better. But, yeah, I think we all do that in some ways. I mean, I can think of years when, yeah, it's like it's my birthday again already. I'm still, now this, I guess, is, is an obvious connection to spiritual principle because, yeah, 12 months have gone by. I'm still thinking the same things I was thinking and right. getting the same results that I'm complaining about in the same way, but I'm not doing anything different. And so I'm going to keep getting those same outcomes, those same experiences, because I want something different, but either I really don't believe I can have it, Mm -hmm. or I'm not willing to do my part Mm -hmm. to to make things change. Mm -hmm. And how interesting is this? So she's getting out her pen. I she's going to write something out down. My pen this because is so powerfully important. She's going to remind herself later to say this again too. Well, I'm speaking tomorrow. Workshop. Are you speaking and tomorrow? My, Where are you speaking tomorrow? And and the topic is because the theme happens to be about miracles and mm. creating miracles in your life mm. overall for this month. Yes. And so my topic is. You know, what do you do while you while you're waiting for the miracle to ah, come? Ah, you know, like you you think you, you've set an intention and you've declared what it is you want to have mm-hmm. come forth. And you know, a lot of times when we think about miracles, we think about okay, okay, God, you're nine one one. Help! I need a miracle. Make it happen. Boom. And, you know, a week goes by, a month goes by, a season goes by, and you're like, wait a minute, where's my miracle? Come on with it. But what do you do in the meantime? And and so I think, yeah, this whole, what I just said just triggered for me, yeah, a lot of times my miracle doesn't come because I didn't really believe it could happen. I, I, I want it, but I don't really believe it. Mm-hmm. Or... I'm not doing my part. Mm. You know, I'm not doing my affirmations. I'm not keeping my faith mm-hmm. in what I want. I'm mm-hmm. complaining about what I don't want. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm just doing, I'm not doing the things I can do to create the environment where the universe can manifest this miracle in my life. So I think I just wrote my talk for tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> and you got a and preview where, right here. Where on are you talking tomorrow? At the Center for Spiritual Living Dallas. Well, that's good in case someone's listening today and but it's real live tomorrow. They might want to know that. Okay, great. That's good to know. But they're, if you're listening to this in June, July, September, January of 2015, it's already done. That's true. It is It is May 24th, so, yes. But that would be interesting if they are listening live. The Center for Spiritual Living Dallas would be a fun place to go see Tracy Brown live tomorrow. Yes, and if you heard about, about it on miracles. Say Yes to Spirit, then you need to come up after service and yes. introduce yourself to me. That would, that would be really very cool. That would be fun, wouldn't it? That is. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be cool. Yeah. And buy a book. <laughs> Yes, there you go. There you go. You know, um, speaking of miracles, I don't know if it has much to do with birthdays, but you've hooked me into thinking about miracles now. And um, and this concept of miracles being something extraordinary, that we create this idea that a miracle is something extraordinary versus the idea that, you know, miracles are kind of a way of life living in that spiritual zen or that jet stream of life I think I'm I'm having um, real deep ponderings around 
science of mind philosophy, which I have spent some time visiting the last several years. And uh, Tracy Brown is is, uh, seeped in, so I'm always interested in having these kind of conversations with Tracy Brown. And this other kind of um, perhaps a more mystical path in terms of uh, how I see a mystical path of having a spirit, having kind of a spirit kind of having a mind of its own that's not necessarily it, it is within me but it's it uh, it isn't generated by my thinking correct and so the idea that if I get out of my own thinking versus focusing on creative creating my own thinking but if I get out of my own thinking and just kind of lay back in the jet stream of life, that that's when I get taken away. Versus, she's laughing at me now. This is when we need... Taken away. Taken away. Just kind of, of, you know, just taken away by the jet stream. That things just zip line through. Versus, you know, sitting and doing my 100 affirmations a day and co-creating and managing my language and understanding. But, But I'm doing all of that not to... Not to um, create something. <clears throat> I mean, what we teach is the reason you do all of mm-hmm. that is because you have to manage your own consciousness, your own self, so that you can get out of the way and be in the flow that is always happening at all times anyway. But what keeps us out of the flow, out of the jet stream, as you said, mm-hmm. is our own thinking. And so, yeah, getting my thinking out of the way, I'm taking the action that allows me to do that or allows me to line up with the fact that this jet stream is happening and all I have to do is align. You know, the book that we're using, Shortcut to a Miracle, one of the reasons I love it so much is because it, takes all the jargon out and kind of in just plain everyday English talks about what you can do and that miracles happen all the time and that really miracles are natural and normal occurrences. Right. And um, this whole idea that, you know, if you don't believe in miracles, like you you must have forgotten that you are one. You know, so the fact that we even exist is a miracle in action, a miracle in form. And yes, we have to get our minds out of the way or and or in alignment with, I like that, that image of a jet stream. Because mm-hmm. that's happening all the time, independent of us. Right. Within the ocean, there is always a jet stream. Where are we? Are we in the ocean or are we in the jet stream? Because right. we don't control that. I mean, mind is everywhere present, meaning it is its own thing. And yes, I have my mind, which is a part of that. But my mind will never be all of mine. Mind has its own, (laughs) I was getting ready to use the omnis, omnipotence, Mm -hmm. omnipresence, omniscience. And so that's all we do. That's the gesturing. And I guess my pondering recently has been the idea of that, that that starting to understand my thinking and starting to have awareness that my thought is creative and that my thought, you know, influences and creates my belief and then my belief influences and creates my experience, that that, that kind of loops me out of this passive victim stance and gives me a sense of control and a sense of um, creative power and a sense of uh, ability to manifest. And then in a strange way, if I kind of take my spirituality to the next level for me, that then I I go back into this sort of letting go of all of that and not having to be co-creating and not having to be aware of my thoughts and not having to manage my... Uh, uh, she's laughing at me. It's so disconcerting when you start to laugh. I mean, it's really profound thought, and you're laughing. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm smiling. It's so I'm, profound. I'm it's smiling at you. Transform yourself into Eckhart Tolle. Yes, yes. No, that's it's yes. not laughing. It's yes. like 
But that's to me, I guess that's the you know that's the prize. That's the walking through walls. That's the. I'm thinking if I'm walking through walls, if I'm living in that in that state, that I'm not co-creating. I'm not consciously keeping thought of my thoughts. I'm not doing affirmations. I'm not, you know. And, and it's interesting because Oprah, speaking of Eckhart Tolle, so you always have to bring it back. But anyway, he, she just re-interviewed with him on the Soul oh, really? Series not long ago, oh, and. Um, she was talking about, you know, this concept of having fun or this concept of prayer. And, and his, his, his response was, you know, he doesn't really Do pray. Of that, right? There's not really, he doesn't, because everything is sort of, and, you know, nothing is, he doesn't look forward to something being fun because the here and now is fun. And he, he said to Oprah, he said, aren't you having fun? And he was like, oh, yeah. And so, it, you know, this, so to me, and I guess that's the mystical sense that I always am looking for, is that it's not work. And, you know, I was just meeting with someone earlier today, and we were talking about this concept of work, and she used the word toil. And that is going to be my new oh, word. wow. Toil. I like toil. that. That. That's what it feels oh, like. This other struggle. having to having to toil and do my struggle. do my all my things, right? Instead of having my things do me. So here's my take on this. There I don't you go. actually I don't disagree with you. I I'm just looking at it like from the other side of the coin, I think. And so because I believe that when we're doing quote unquote our work, our spiritual work, which is crazy. Um I believe what we're doing is we are we are managing our part of the consciousness equation, but we're not doing it it's not co creation in the sense of my affirmations then co create a six figure income. It's really, I'm doing affirmation, so I really believe it. Because the jet stream is going to bring that and more if I'm in the jet stream. But I'm all, but the way our minds work in human form is it pulls us constantly away from the jet stream. So the co-creating, my affirmations have no power to create, again, the six-figure income, if that's what my miracle is. The jet stream is already has already created it is always creating it, and I'm just training, retraining my mind to be in the jet stream so I can go, and it all happens. So in my so actually I I agree with you that when I'm in the jet stream, it's not about me doing the spiritual work to earn it. It's not about me doing the spiritual work even to maintain it if I really have done the work and have gotten out of the way. And my right. my dominant consciousness yes. is that I am in the I am the jet stream. Right. The jet stream and I truly are one. I don't have right. to do anything. Right. If I truly believe that right. and I don't get caught up because I watch the news or because I got a past due notice, or because right. um, I've applied for 15 jobs and nobody called me back for a second interview. If I don't get caught up in the daily life experience, right? I'm in, and I'm in the jet stream. You know, it's just gonna all unfold perfectly, and I know whatever's happening for my best and highest good. Mm-hmm. And I think we do get confused a lot when mm-hmm. we think our spiritual practices are. Yeah, like the work we're doing to earn it. And that's no different well, than the old Christian, the old traditional religion of you have to earn your way to heaven. It's like it's not about earning. It's about releasing yourself from the trappings. But science of the mind, philosophy, doesn't use the word earn. It uses the, the, the idea of co-creating. So there's still... But co-creating is co-creating consciousness. There's never any confusion in the textbook or in the writings that you're actually creating what you're attracting. Creation of the physical into manifest form is only done 
by God. We're using principles, but we are not creating the physical experience. But it, no, 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 no. I get that. The, 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 the jet stream is there. I'm not creating the jet stream, but I'm managing my thoughts in order to to get in like a little minnow to you know move myself over to into the alignment to, to get into the jet stream. I'm managing my thoughts so I can be in right, the, right, right. Because because if I don't, humanity is the. If I'm just caught up in race consciousness or the law of averages, I'm not likely to behave in a way. I'm going to behave in ways that are counterproductive to natural law. I'm, go ahead, because I'm just remembering a quote that's in the book. Oh, go ahead. Are you, so are you the, way that, what, what, the way that the authors of Shortcut to a Miracle talk about the co-creation process, mm-hmm. they, call, they call it the law of co-creation, and it's Consciousness manifests and dominant thoughts prevail. So our consciousness and awareness basically input what we think is important. Mm -hmm. And the universe, the jet stream always says, okay, yeah, whatever. You're now, that's not the jet stream. In my metaphor, I just need to jump in there and say that. That is not the jet stream. The jet stream has a mind of its own that's right. always moving right. toward good. Okay, I, I'm, I'll go back to that now. I'll okay. retract that. So, so the consciousness... The ocean says yes. The ocean says yes, but and, and you float around in right. the ocean yes. saying yes, yes, and dominant thoughts prevail. So if my dominant thought is I'll never make enough money, I'll always have these bills, I'll then yes, you're in the ocean with with those thoughts and the ocean will not fight those thoughts. Right. And the but the jet stream does exist, but if I don't believe it Right. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's empty to you. I mean it doesn't yeah, if I don't believe it, it if I don't believe it. And I guess that's my real ponder. And it's really fascinating. In the jail, I'm doing a, just a, it's like a little science of mind experiment kind of thing. And, and, and I'm fascinated because it, 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 it is interesting to, to, to watch people who have never really, I mean, by and large, out of 64 women over the course of a month, maybe four or five, and, and we're regenerating those 64 women probably every two weeks. So you're looking at two to 300 people every month. You know, maybe two or three out of those two or three hundred have ever been ex- even exposed to the idea of thought is, thought is form and change your mind, change your life kind of thinking. And so one of the things I'll always challenge them with, I'll say, um, think about what your thoughts have been the months or the year before you got incarcerated. Think back. What were you thinking? What were you telling yourself? What were your thoughts? Can you see how you're sitting here in this chair that there was no really other other anywhere else to be but here based on what you were thinking? And it's so interesting to watch that aha moment of, oh, my gosh, yeah. And, you know, and therein lies, I don't know, that's a crystal moment of, you know, here's the good news. You did this. Here's the bad news. You did this. And so, you know, it's a really extraordinary moment when they catch that. Right. And what I'm pondering for myself now is like once I catch that, and I've often said this, it's like I'm living my spiritual life backwards. Because when I was in Al-Anon, when I started going to Al-Anon when I was 19, and I, I got into the 12 steps, let go and let God. I got into the, you know, third step prayer. God, do with me what you will take me out of this kind of thing. And I had no idea at the time, but I was in the jet stream. And I didn't really, I didn't have language for it. <clears throat> and I, but there was nothing, there was, there was only red light days. I mean red light, oh my God. There's only, there's only green light days. So red light days are now, but there's only green light days. And I, I'm fascinated to now watch as I sort of deepened my spiritual curiosity I jumped myself out of the jet stream 
because I became pondering and I became focused on how does this work and what is this and, you know, how does this... And I started, you know, going to different churches and doing different religions and doing different things. And it's almost like I talked myself out of what was naturally happening. And now I've gotten into this philosophy, which, you know, I kind of like, and I I see real value to it, but it seems sort of... Brown, I am so pleased there's a little bit of space between us so she can't hit me. But it seems sort of elementary, this sort of science of mind philosophy. It is very elementary. But but it's being taught, in my thinking, as the be-all, end-all. Whereas instead of being a stepping stone, because now I'm seeing that these women in the jail, that it's like a stepping stone. That, a, that a, And I have them for a very short period of time. So so what I'm trying to really impress upon them is, okay, here, get this concept. You need to get this concept that thought is forming. You need to be aware of your thoughts. And you need to be aware of your belief system. But now quickly move into this 12-step idea of letting go and letting God. There is this spiritual entity. There is this gesturing. There is something that wants to take care of you. There is something waiting for you to turn yourself over to. There is something that just can't wait for you to just give up and give in and let go because, boy, life is going to take off for you. And so, and I don't see much of that. There's something other here. This, this, you know, whatever we want to call it, mystical, Eckhart Tolle, whatever it is, you know, get there. Get there, people. Don't spend your time, you know, in traditional religions praying. Don't spend your time in science of mind doing treatments. You know, every spiritual program has its, you know, hook of how to do it. But get out of the how to do it and just be it. Just be it, right. And that, you know, so, so there's no way that I would be, like, trying to hit you around that because... If you recall, one of the things that was the biggest challenge for me going through the training to become a practitioner was the recognition that, you know, when I was in my 20s, I actually made a promise, a deep, deep, deep commitment because I had visited so many different churches, synagogues, temples, mosques, I had had so many experiences in so many different faith practices until that day when I was like, you know, I have seen not it all, but I've seen it all, and I know what the common thing is, and I will never commit to one quote-unquote religion Mm -hmm. because I never want to fall into the trap of thinking my way is the best way or this way is the one way. There's not, there's never one path mm-hmm. to God. God created all these paths and so people find the path that works for them. Mm-hmm. And it was, I, and I didn't even know that was so deeply, I committed that to myself so mm-hmm. deeply that when I was in those last few months of, you know, becoming a licensed practitioner, that's what was... You had to sell your soul to the science of mind philosophy, didn't you? You had to put your hand on the, well, on the Ernest Holm no. science of mind book and pledge no. your allegiance forever I, and ever. I had to realize that what was happening was immobilizing me because mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. so... It was like I was breaking a commitment to myself. Right. So I had to, I had to, like, I didn't have to. I chose to come to grips with that, and I actually did for about three weeks or four weeks. I was like, okay, I'm only, I don't know, six weeks away from finishing all this training, and I'm not going to finish it. I mean, I was like, oh, no, if that's what it means. And um, ultimately, obviously, I finished the training, and so for me, I don't believe that science of mind is the only path and the only way, and I'm able to integrate things that work for me because mm-hmm. that's really what science of mind is, is about. And Ernest Holmes himself said, you know, there's nothing new here. I've studied all these different religions and practices and, you know, everything came from somewhere else and, you know, some other tradition. So I think it's, it's really, um, it's not about here's the way and the only way, and you must do it this way. I think there's a lot of value in helping people take responsibility for their 
spiritual, their commitment to spirituality and stepping into the jet stream. And so what you were talking about made me think that, and I don't know if we've done a show before on surrender. Oh. But that, oh, yeah. that what, we're, what you're talking about in terms of, you know, I know what oh, I know I like and idea. I do what I do, but oh, am I, like I willing to surrender? Right. Yes into yeah. the divine. Yeah. Am I willing to surrender my ego oh, there you go, to the divine? Going. Am I willing to surrender my thinking There's a topic. to be... Because ultimately, doesn't that go against the human thing? What will happen if I surrender? What will happen if I let go? What will happen if I give over myself to you? Then you have control. And as a human being, that is just fraught with danger. But, um, and so we're not going to talk anything anymore about it because we can't do it in eight minutes. Go, but, but I like that idea. And and we'll do a whole show on it. We'll yes. we'll do surrender next next time. Um, so all of this hmm. and birthdays <laughs> and the fact that you didn't have birthdays growing up. I'm still very sad about that. I had birthdays. I didn't have <laughs> birthday parties. <laughs> there you go. Therein lies the question if a tree falls you know, in the uh, forest and there's nobody there to witness it, did you? Did it make a sound? So you had birthdays, but nobody acknowledged it. So did but you. you know what? Actually, as I'm thinking, too, by the time I was in high school, I probably didn't want people to know it was my birthday because I was always younger. You know, I was... 13 year, years old, in high school, I was, you know, in class with people who were two and three years older than me, so I probably didn't want them to know that I was 14 and they were 16 or 17, and when I was in college, you know, I was 16 when I went to college. Right. I was going to say 19, but I was 19 when I finished college. So, you know, I'm in classes with and socializing with people who were two or three years older than me. So my guess is there was probably a part of me at that time, even though I don't remember consciously thinking that, but I was probably perfectly happy for people to not, you know, if they know it's your birthday, the next thing is how old are you? Mm -hmm. And... um, yeah, that wasn't information that I necessarily wanted people to have when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, now it seems I'm the oldest in everything, every group I'm in, which is a, which is weird. It's very, it feels very strange to, you know, be with groups of people and realize everybody is 10, 12. You're the elder? Right. <laughs> I'm the elder yeah. when you're in trouble. Woo! You know, it's like, Wow. So, um, and now I want people to know, yes, I'm older than you. <laughs> yes. The respect Honor that is due, you elder. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, no, I don't want to socialize with you. You're 15 years younger than me, and I, no. No, you can't take me out to lunch. No. <laughs> Tracy Brown! <laughs> You're not saying that out loud. Somebody 15 years younger, you might have some deep wisdom to share. In well, now, yes, now, now that I'm 60 and 50 years younger would be 45. Actually, that's true. Oh, that's but when so I was cute. 45, you don't think 30? And I was at the skating rink, and people who were 28 and oh. 30 thinking I'm their age, and you know, yeah, let me take you out to dinner. No, you were no. Mm-mm. So can you ice skate now that you're such the roller skater? Do those no, two, do they, no, do they, they translate don't, they don't into, correlate they don't, in any way. So can I? It's people who is it like the white man ice skates and the black man roller skates. Is that kind of? I'm not going. There. <laughs> so you know, people who rollerblade. I can't do either. So people who rollerblade. Rollerblade. Oh, that would be ice skating. That would are it's a direct correlation to ice skating because the weight, the balance is you know down the middle of your mm. foot, but with quad skates with regular roller skates, you're you've got turns and corners and you've got wheels, you know, 
four places on each foot. Mm-hmm. And so your the balance is completely different. Your ankle strength is completely oh, different. Um, how you execute moves is different. How you stop is different. And um, and it's, when you ice skate, it's cold. It's true. It has to, you know, for the surface to be frozen, mm-hmm. the it's air is silly. cold, and you like have cold. to work. It's like, why would I want to do yeah. that? I'm with you there. It's beautiful to watch. Can I'll you, watch the Olympic skaters every time, but I, mm, no, not me. Can you really skate backwards? Mm-hmm. Wow. I was going to watch you really skate. You won't let me, would you? You probably wouldn't want No. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. That kind of jumped ahead to that. Not no a one show. <laughs> Are there bleachers? Do you have uh, no. Are there bleachers to sit? No. And what I've noticed is, and this is, so this relates to birthdays. So what I've realized is that as I passed this most recent birthday, that I have lost so much of my skating skill. Oh, Tracy Brown. Compared what I can do now compared to what I could do at 25 and at 35 and even at 45. Mm. It's like I can do so much less. Mm. And so um so I've decided that that is a trend that has been moving in the wrong direction. Ooh, you got to start honing up those eyes. Um, those so I'm going to start practicing things that I used to could do that I can't do anymore. Like what's one thing you could do that you can't do anymore? Does it involve like a jump? Could you jump? I could jump, but you I could don't jump anymore. On a roller skate? Uh-huh. That's but I can't anymore. But I can't even I'm jump work without a roller skate. First is, um, so there are lots of ways to turn, mm. you know, when you're on your skates counterclockwise, clockwise, mm. step from one foot to the other foot as you turn, oh, you know, to transfer tricky. your weight. Um, but the thing I can't do anymore, have not been able to do in the last eight or nine years, um, is to be on one foot, let's say you're on your left foot, your weight's on your left foot, and then just to turn on your left foot, you know, just to, like, turn, turn around on one foot without using the other foot. Turn and totally I, around? Mm-hmm. And I used to could do that on okay. either foot in Heck, either direction. Do well, you're moving, so you have momentum. Yeah. If, you know, I probably would have gotten a better grade in physics in high school if they had just used dance or, or roller skating as the examples of how when you're moving and, you know, all of that, using force and angles uh. and all of that. Um. And so I decided last week that I'm going to start working on turning on one foot again. I hurt my back, and so there's twisting involved, right, Uh. if you're turning on one foot. There's more twisting. And, And so I tried it the other last week and realized that's why I stopped doing it, because it was hurting my back. So me relearning how to do it involves strengthening my back. Gotcha. Which would so. be a good little body thing because, you know, That's talking right. about birthdays, our bodies do age, whether we acknowledge them with a cake or not. That's right. Our bodies are, are trojan. Because spiritually there is no birth and there is no True death. that. True that. But, yes, our physical bodies do age and shift, so... I like the idea of birthdays turning into miracles. It kind of turned into a miracle kind of conversation. Yes, it was a miracle I conversation. Like I like that. So that's all the time we have for birthdays this week. We're going to come back next time and talk about surrender. I hope you have a great week. And in the meantime, remember to say yes, yes to spirit.
couple times by a couple guys that didn't treat me right. I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie. Alexa, play meant to be. Okay. If it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be. Baby, just let it be. If it's meant to be, with Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.